Friends, I want to thank you for taking the time to spend a few moments out of your busy day to listen at our podcast. A Word, the daily inspiration for life's journey, plain talk for plain folks. I want to thank each of you for your kind words of encouragement and your continued prayers, especially in the absence of the podcast. This podcast has been designed to bring an encouraging word to God's people. And my sincerest desire is that a word will be said or sentiment expressed that will positively, positively motivate you to help you in your spiritual walk and to provide just a little inspiration. I always like to start with my affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. Third day, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, that all churches are one in Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. I would like to start out by introducing you to Season 5, Episode 1. It is so entitled, Operating in the Courts of Heaven. And we'll be dealing with just the first part of this. I'll be teaching on this, and I will explain it as I go along. I, I've been praying and waiting for the proper inspiration to resume the podcast. I, I stopped for a while. I needed some time to pray and subsequently to wait and see what it was that the Lord would have me to share. And God orchestrated through my oldest daughter, Apostle Shakisha Bracey, the opportunity to become involved in a positive perspective changing study. And I thought it was just a study on prayer, you know, a, a different slant on study on prayer. In fact, I I was going to be recording a study on prayer and this opportunity came along to study with my daughter and some other uh, apostles and prophets and preachers and teachers. And uh, she introduced me to a book and the book was by Robert Henderson. The book is entitled, or one of his books is entitled Operating in the Courts of Heaven. And I, 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 my, my first initial reaction was a reluctance, I, I think, uh, because I kind of figured that the way I have always prayed has been just fine. All I need to do was humbly approach the throne of grace and ask for forgiveness and make my petition uh, at the throne of grace and ask for what I want or what I need in the name of Jesus and just say amen. Well, you know, I mean, there's more into the prayer. Every prayer, I think, is different. And 
my prayers have been answered uh, previously and before, and I figured my prayers would continue to be answered and everything would be okay if I was praying as sincerely as I know how. But as I became involved in this course of study, uh, my daughter shared it with me, my wife, and and the others uh, that were that are in the group. And we are still having service on online, so to speak. We're not. We hadn't returned to the church or or whatever. Uh, so we're still uh, doing that. And subsequently, we have found different ways to study. And when she uh, opened up this uh, course of study to us, my wife kind of got all the books that were in his series and we start to read. And then I realized uh, these were a different approach to the throne of grace a more open and involved way, a way that we could immerse ourselves into a dimension of prayer and be able to find some reasonable and acceptable kind of results. Now, it might not be for everybody, but I'm going to be teaching about this on the podcast. I'm going to be outlining and uh, teaching from this, this these books for a while. And this is what God has put on my heart. And this is what I will do. So I pray that this will help some of you. And uh, I ask that if it helps you, please tell somebody else. And, you know, the podcast is on multiple platforms. But the first thing that I found out uh, as I started to just even with the introduction of the book, this is a dimension of prayer. The second thing was that this teaching is a judicial concept to prayer. I will explain these things, but I just kind of want to introduce you to this tonight. Uh, it also shows that prayer is being validated. My sentiments in prayer, rather, are being validated from the word of God. And the fourth thing that moved on me, uh, really, really moved on me, was it reinforced my firm belief that all things must line up with the word of God. They must line up with the word of God that he has given us. If there is teaching or preaching, if it cannot be verified from the written word of God, then the concept should be dismissed or at least held in a great deal of suspicion. Because if you don't, this is how we are misled. This is how we are moved away from the intent of the real word of God. Something else that touched a responsive chord in my soul a concern the author noted, and he said, as a result of the seeker-sensitive movement that has watered down truth, we now have churches and organizations that are full of converts 
but no disciples. People are being converted to something, but they're not being disciples. They're not making disciples. They're not seeking a path to discipleship. Because of these kinds of groups uh, and the teaching, the people of God have been, have been, or have become susceptible to error and the deception because they have no foundation in the word of God. Again, because we have a different kind of teaching. Oh, everybody is entitled to what they believe, but because we have people that are seeking something other than to actually get the word of God out, they're not teaching from the foundation from the word of God. Teaching during the worship hour has become a feel-good hour, but no word or any form of discipleship training is going forward. And the last point that I want to make by way of introduction, I've, I found out, and I can share uh, with the aid of the Holy Spirit, the fact that People with supposedly prophetic abilities are an overinflated sense of their own self-worth and the gifts that God has given them are not the only people that can approach God in these dimensions of prayer in the courts of heaven. So as I was studying, at first I thought it was just a little too much more, maybe it wasn't Baptist enough for me. I guess that's a better way to say it. I thought it was more in line with a prophetic vision or an apostolic uh, kind of um, teaching. And I realized it was not. It's plain talk for plain folk, just like me, just like you. It's a way to help us to understand how we can evolve into a spiritual realm and a dimension of prayer and be able to go to God, to be able to take our our case as it was into the courts of heaven and be able to fight against the adversary who was always accusing us, oh Satan, and to find a way to get results. So this is what we'll be sharing on the podcast. I was sold on this study and I've decided to share with you as God gives me utterance, I will not deviate much from the text, but I will give you the perspective that I have been blessed with. And that's the precursor to where I'll be going in the next weeks. And I pray that this will be something that will help others. I, I pray that I'll will gain listeners. I pray that people will become actively involved. I realize that because I've been out for a while, because I have not been recording, I prayed about this and God has shown me that this is what I need to do. So I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it in the 30 minute increments as provided uh, through these episodes. And the reason why we do 30 minutes is because uh, after 30 minutes, people tend to get a little, you know, a little antsy. But a podcast is something that people can listen to while they're working, while they're driving, while they're just doing other things. And I'm praying that God will give me 
the insight and the utterance to make this inter inter interesting enough that you will start to gravitate toward this teaching. To start the discussion um, from chapter one, I guess you would say the the three dimensions of prayer, approaching God in faith. And we will begin this study with a very interesting concept, repositioning ourselves, repositioning ourselves. This concept is coming from the well-known story of Zacharias taken from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And it reads this way from the New King James Bible. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Nicodemus. No, Zacharias. What did I say, Nicodemus? I'm sorry. And behold, there was a man named Zacharias. Zacchaeus. I'm messing up all the way around. So God forgive me. We're going to start again. This concept is coming from the well-known story of Zacchaeus taken from the gospel of Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus which was a chief among the publicans and he was rich and he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This encounter with Jesus brought salvation to Zacchaeus and his house. It ushered in real repentance. Now, we, we've heard this story. We've preached this story. We, we've heard it told many ways. We talked about Zacchaeus. We talked about him being short. We talked about him knowing that Jesus was coming by, so he got up high so he could see. So we're going we're gonna to kind of expand on that teaching. This encounter with Jesus brought salvation to Zacchaeus and his house. It ushered in real repentance, which we all will have to have an experience that will worship in real repentance so we can really start to understand the ministry of reconciliation and learn how to reposition ourselves so we can make the best out of life. Uh, repositioning cannot take place in our lives until we seek to see Jesus for ourselves. 
We have to be able. We have to be willing. We can be indoctrinated. We can go to church. We can read books. We can listen to sermons. We can watch TV. We can sing songs. We can do a whole lot of things. But to be repositioning ourselves in our faith, in what's necessary in our lives, we have to get in the frame of mind that we need to seek Jesus for ourselves. Zacchaeus had a real desire to see and to know who Jesus really was. Now, because he was a short man, he needed a better vantage point from which to see Jesus and Jesus to see him. That's what we need in our lives, a better vantage point to be able to see and to seek Jesus and Jesus to see us. Some of us, it takes sickness. Some of it takes financial devastation. Some of it of us, it takes uh, bad relationship issues. Some of us, it takes uh, just the worst thing imaginable for us to come to the place that we have this real desire to know who Jesus really is. And we need to get a better vantage point to be able to really start to seek and see Jesus. Zacchaeus was very much disliked because of his job. He was a tax collector. His job demanded a certain kind of oppressive and cruel behavior toward the Jewish people. The collection of taxes was a way to exploit his own people for gain. In our lives, we have met those that have come through the church, through our jobs, through our relationships that exploited their own people for gain. We've been victims of this exploitation, and some of us have been the instrument of this exploitation. And everybody doesn't like us, everybody doesn't love us, and everything, uh, you know, that you were told when you were little, everything that glitters isn't gold. So here, Zacchaeus's job put him in a situation where he was publicly despised. If you've ever been in a management role on your job or in a leadership role in the church or in some other area of life, people despise you for what you do. And we often think that we are doing God's will or doing the best that we know when actually because of our own uh, feelings about what we're doing, it can lead to a very, very, very bad situation for ourselves and for others. But in Zacchaeus's case, his job was the source of this exploitation. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was short in stature. Now, the author of this text, he he suggests that this was the way that Zacchaeus saw himself and the way others saw him. And Zacchaeus' actions caused him not to measure up. There was a sense of rejection both inside of him and then being directed toward him from others. Now, how often have we been in a situation that we have been rejected? Oh, our thinking, our thoughts. When we 
you remember after you first got converted and you wanted to tell everybody about Jesus and then a lot of people didn't want to hear what you had to say. And if you've been called into ministry, when you first start preaching, people said, you're not a preacher. They don't want to hear what you got to say. Or when you first found out that you had this prophetic gift and that God was giving you and feeding you and telling you this is what you need to share with the nations and you would go to your family and your friends and you would try to tell them what God has told you and they would just reject you. We've all have had rejection and we come up short. We start to see ourselves as Zacchaeus saw himself not measuring up, not just because he was short, it was because of rejection. Many of us have ideas about ourselves and how we think that others see us. And actually, the way we see ourselves can hinder us from seeing correctly. We see ourselves totally different than most people see us. Most people will never, ever see themselves as others see them. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But a lot of times, because we have these deep-seated feelings of, oh, I don't know, uh, we hold on to too much. Let's put it like that. We can't forgive. We can't forget. We can't move on. We want to hold on and hold on and hold on to things that are destructive to us that will not allow us to be able to see further than our thoughts. We can't see Jesus that way. We can't, we can't seek him that way. We can't see him and him see us if we can never get past what happened yesterday and reach out for something better. There has to be a better day. And as we learn and as we teach and as we talk in the next few coming weeks, we will discuss these ideas. Uh, Zacchaeus' actions caused him not to measure up. There was a sense of rejection. And his psyche, in his mind, he oppressed himself. There's enough oppression to go around. People will, will oppress you, but you don't have to oppress yourself. Many of us have ideas about ourselves and how we think others see us and the way we see ourselves will continually hinder us from seeing ourselves correctly. Our perceptions of who we are can block a view of who we really are. We can perceive that we are this thing for so long that we never are able to see who we really are. So we struggle. Many of us cannot see who Jesus is because of the rejection we carry as a perpetual memory. The things we are not willing to let go. We could if we would, but we just hold on to these feelings and we just can't see who Jesus is. We, we can't even understand. We can't open up our hearts. We can't open up our minds until something devastating comes our way. And then all of a sudden we can open up our minds and say, oh my God. We can say, Lord, have mercy. We can establish a meaningful dialogue in a dimension of prayer that we never have allowed ourselves to do before. When Zacchaeus climbed the tree, he found a way to reposition himself. 
He put himself above all of that was going on, all the people that were going and coming because he knew Jesus was coming this way. He wanted to reposition himself to be in a position to be able to see Jesus and to allow Jesus to see him. Oh, after all I've been through, cancer was my repositioning moment, among many other things, but it was a defining moment in my life. It was a defining moment in my life. And I don't hide it. I don't dodge it. I don't not share it. No. It was a defining moment in my life. It, that was my come to Jesus meeting. That was my moment of repositioning my whole way of thinking. Because all of a sudden, I couldn't see what it was. I couldn't fight it. I didn't do anything. It just happened. And all of a sudden, I had to reposition my thinking. That is one of the reasons that after I started the podcast, I just stopped for a while. I was trying to uh, regurgitate uh, things that we've taught and preached, and uh, I was trying to reach out because it was a time when there was the spirit of truth was not seemingly uh, prevailing. But I had that repositioning moment, and the spirit of truth came into my view, and I was able to see Jesus for who he was. By repositioning ourselves by faith, dismissing our rejection issues, our self-loathing, our self-hatred, and any other emotion that blocks our view of Jesus, we will be astonished to see that Jesus is actually calling us. We will experience Jesus's true character. We will feel his overwhelming love for the rejected and the unwanted and the people that are going through horrific things in life. The issues of life that will pour out. We will find that once we see Jesus and Jesus sees us and we reach out and we find our ways evolving in this dimensions of prayer that we will discuss, this operating in the courts of heaven. And we will be going through learning the formula to this. If I can just, if I can appeal to you in your sanctified mind, how Zacchaeus must have felt when Jesus not only acknowledged him, but honored him by going to his house. Is there room in your house for Jesus? I've thought about this a long time. I prayed about this. I've studied with my daughters, with the, uh, the people with Damascus Road, outreach ministry, our, our church with the uh, Yahweh School of the Prophet, the teachers and preachers, apostles, the people that have aligned themselves with this group. Uh, this is nothing new. We were all part of a, a fellowship a long ago. We reconnected. And now, if I don't get but one listener, that's all right. I have made up my mind that I will be teaching on this subject matter, teaching you how to enter into the courts of heaven, how to enter into dimensions of prayer that will allow you to be fulfilled as you reposition yourself. So all I ask that you pray until the next opportunity that we come your way to ask God, Lord, allow me to reposition myself that I may see you and you may see me.
Listen, folks, we're going to close the podcast for the day. We'll bring you another episode uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time. I'm going to send it out, and please listen, tell somebody, and we will be able to learn together how to enter into the courts of heaven, how to operate there, how to be judicious in our prayer lives and be able to please God. God bless your hearts. I thank you again for allowing me to come your way. Plain talk for plain folks. We'll talk with you next time. God bless all of you and thank you so much for your prayers and for all the encouragement.